You're listening to Inside Public Procurement by Bonfire, a show celebrating the unique stories and heroic efforts of those on the front lines of public procurement. Each episode, we bring you the latest trends, tips, and real stories from procurement trailblazers like you, who work tirelessly to bring positive impact to the agencies and communities you serve. Together, let's elevate the field of public procurement to new heights. Now, pull up a chair and let's gather around the bonfire. Our show is about to begin. Hello and welcome to the Inside Public Procurement Podcast. My name is Tung La and I'm a client support agent as well as the podcast producer at Bonfire, an e-procurement solution used by over 500 public agencies in North America. I'm joined today by Kyle Jurgens, who received a commerce degree from UC Saskatchewan in 2015 and proceeded to work as a project coordinator for a local building developer. In 2016, Kyle started in procurement at USASC. That's hard to say, USASC, and have been there ever since. He's moved through a few different roles within procurement from a coordinator to a category specialist and received his SCMP in 2019. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm very happy to have you here. Now, before we get started here, Kyle, I was trying to ask your last name before and you said Jurgens, and then you said like the hand lotion, like everybody should know what this hand lotion is. And then when I asked if it's your favorite hand lotion, you scoffed at me as if I should be having my hand lotion standards at a higher degree here. So my question to you is, what kind of hand lotion should I be looking out for? Honestly, I can't really say. Don't use too much of it, but maybe it's more of a Western Canada hand lotion. I'm not too sure, but... Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's good to know. It's good to know. I also have a follow-up question not related to hand lotion. Is that at Bonfire, we've been under this theme of procurement heroes, procurement superheroes, because the people who work in procurement are often the superheroes of their organization, kind of doing a lot of things behind the scenes, making things move, uh, procuring things that the business and organization needs. And with the idea of a superhero and superpowers, I'm always curious, Kyle, if you had to have one superpower, what would it be? I think it would be the power to fly. You're a flyer. Yeah, it's probably a pretty typical answer, but I think (laughs) you could get around so much quicker. And I'm sure if anyone's been to Saskatchewan, they know those long drives of land are always the most exciting. So Right, right. So you'd rather fly over it. N- not teleportation. Not teleportation. You want to see the flatlands of Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get a little bit of a view at least. And like have the breeze in your face. You can fly around with birds. I think that would be kind of terrifying, to be honest with you, flying around with birds. Yeah, I'm not much of a bird person. So okay, maybe you don't want to fly. Maybe not. Maybe wear like a protective bird suit as you're flying. Kyle, before we get started into the, the meat of today's episode, I'm very curious. Tell me a little bit about your journey into procurement. I guess, and it's funny, I've had a lot of conversations about this with many different people in procurement, but it never seems to be an intended path. So I was in commerce. I was looking for a job in my last year. I ended up with a local developer as a project coordinator. And part of that role was focusing on procurement. So doing the material takeoffs, and then that would help inform our RFQs, RFPs that we would do in order to get the materials to site. So it was kind of a probably about half of my job at that time. And then there was an opportunity at the university here in Saskatchewan. So I moved over to there and it became the primary focus. So didn't really 
go into my first job thinking, yep, procurement's my career, but here I am. Here you are. Loving it. I talked to so many guests and I have not... I don't think I've met too many people who've like kind of sought out procurement from when they graduated or, you know, when you go into school, you're graduating grade 12, they give you a little piece of paper that says, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I don't think procurement's even on that list. It's always like doctor, police officer, lawyer. But here we are in a new age of maybe not a new age, but I do feel like a lot more people know what procurement is compared to like even five years ago. Yeah, no, totally. It's definitely taken a little bit more focus. And even in the educational system, you see more modern terms like supply chain management, procurement rather than purchasing and more of those traditional views. So it's it's definitely taking a higher focus, but still lots to do, but we're That's moving. right. Yeah, exactly. Kyle, I'm very excited to talk to you about this specific thing today because we just had the Bonfire Procurement Awards, which is basically the Oscars for procurement. You were nominated for this. So let me step back a little bit and give a little bit more context. Kyle was a recipient of the Bonfire Procurement Awards, which highlight procurement professionals that excel, innovate, and showcase excellence in the e-procurement space. Kyle was awarded the Leadership Award in recognition of his efforts leading the launch and implementation of Bonfire at the University of Saskatchewan, where he updated templates, configured projects, and contract management modules, and trained and supported end users as they came onto the system. Kyle was nominated by two members of his team for the ways in which he went above and beyond to make sure the Bonfire implementation was a success at the University of Saskatchewan. That's a big deal, Kyle. Thanks. <laughs> you're, you're so humble it about it. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> not quite like the Oscars, but much like our profession, I guess. Not too many people know about it. So one day it'll reach Oscar level. What what level is it at right now? Grammys, Golden Globes. Yeah, run, we'll, run, we'll go in the Grammys level. Okay, I'm running out of award shows that I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Teen Choice Awards. Is that the one where they give the surfboard away? Maybe we're more in that realm. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. right. Okay, so I have a, a lot of questions to ask you about these awards, but we'll start with this. You won the Bonfire Procurement Award in the leadership category for your contributions in leading the e-procurement implementation at USASC. And you had not just one, but two colleagues nominate you for that award, like I said before. So tell us a little bit more about your role in that process and what made it such a success. So my role was to lead the implementation. So we started with the project module. So essentially the e-tendering section. So we were coming from a place of like many public large organizations, change moves quite slowly. So we were up until COVID, we were still doing physical bid receipts, physical contract signing. So once COVID hit, we kind of blew that up. We went electronic and then we implemented Bonfire to support that movement. So like I said, my primary role was just to lead the implementation. So that's where I focused and gathered support from my colleagues, coworkers, and got it moving. It shouldn't be understated how much work that is really to be on the ground floor of moving an organization from paper to paperless. Was it a big challenge for you to be able to shift? Because, you know, you have a lot of colleagues that have only ever done paper bids before. So you as the leading man have to kind of teach everybody how to do this or at least get everyone on board, right? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think what helped a lot is we had a catalyst to that change. So I I guess if I can look at something good coming from COVID, it was it forced our organization to make a change. And I think a lot of people saw 
that yes, we're a large organization, yes, we're a public organization, but we can change quick and we can be nimble when we need to be. So mm -hmm. I think just taking that bit of learning out of it and applying it to other areas is something I think we're all trying to do a little bit more. Did you have a certain strategy going in? Because obviously it was a big success for you to be able to do this. So when you're looking at doing this big transition here, what was, again, the process and your thinking of like, how am I going to make this successful to make this as smooth transition as possible? So I had a lot of help from my management, some of my coworkers. And honestly, it was a lot of scheduling, making a detailed schedule, updating that schedule, and then delegating what I needed to delegate. Obviously, like you said, like it is a big project and you can't do it all by yourself. So just having people there to support you and keep you on task, but also keep them in task and accountable and help them get the stuff done just as much. So yeah. Okay. So my next question is when your colleague Richard LeBlanc nominated you for this award, he wrote that the reason for nominating you was leading into the unknown. Can you expand a little bit on what that means? Uh, so I would guess he was referring to, again, just the complete transformation from paper copies to electronic copies and working through that process. We didn't know what it would look like. Obviously, we had tendered out the project. So in reviewing multiple different proposals and like trying to figure out what it looks like, going through that process of selecting an e-tendering software, it's just, it's hard to know what it's going to look like in the end. So just being really inquisitive, curious, trying to poke questions, figure out, well, if it doesn't work this way, how can we make it work another way? Asking a lot of questions. Yeah, that's a good way to approach it. Was there a certain level of inner stress, I guess, for yourself? Because it is an unknown thing, right? For yourself, trying to figure this out, leading the team in this type of stuff. For me, I feel like I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. Ask a lot of questions. But in the inside, I'm like, oh, my God, this better work. You ever feel like that? Yeah, there was, a, there was a bit of pressure because I knew I would also be using the tool at the end of the day. So yeah. I better do it good and I better do it the way that I would want it to be done. So it was kind of a good driving force just to help me keep myself accountable and try to think through all the different scenarios that we might work through and how early decisions impact the long term road. Okay. So you would say you're pretty much an expert in the tool now and you can can use it front to back with your eyes closed? Uh, pretty close. <laughs> okay. I, I've, I've been living in it for a while now. So. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Amazing. You can do my job. No, no. <laughs> Next thing is what were some of your greatest learnings as you led the implementation of e-procurement at University of Saskatchewan? Definitely scheduling. If that's anything, like, I mean, your schedule doesn't have to be right, but it's always the light at the end of the tunnel. Keep to your schedule, update it if you need to, and keep others accountable to the schedule as well. Like, share the schedule with them so that everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. Scheduling, I feel like, is just a tough thing in general and continues mm -hmm. to be. There's, what, a thousand scheduling apps out there, Google Calendar, Calendly, <laughs> Asana, like there's just so much out there. Do you rely on tools for the scheduling aspect of this? So with this one, unfortunately, there wasn't a specific software that I use other than Excel. So I, wow. I did a little bit of research into different Gantt chart type schedules and kind of made a mix of my own just to try and fit it with this project the best that it would. 
Cool. So you made the schedule in Excel yourself is what you're saying. Yeah. Are you an Excel wizard? Is this, <laughs> are you uh, one of those people who can like make a beautiful chart? And I'd be like, how'd you, are we even using the same program right now? I used to be better in university, but there's a few pieces that have stuck with me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely one of those like know how to enter a couple things in a chart add everything up in a column. And then I find out there's like a thousand different features that have happened ever since high school. Yeah. And Google helps a lot too. So Great. Good. Yeah. Google is YouTube. another great learning. Yes. <laughs> and YouTube. That's awesome. How did you ensure there was a buy-in from your colleagues? I just tried to keep everyone engaged as possible. I would give them little highlights. We had frequent meetings with the team. So I would just give them a little highlights about where we're at, what's next. I would engage them on, like as we were working through even like process maps and even just having like brainstorming sessions just to get what they would want, what they are worried about. I would just try to ease any concerns that they might have moving from paper to electronic. So just constant engagement. If you expand on that a little bit, what does that engagement really look like? Yeah. So at the beginning, it was more conceptual at the beginning. So it would be like, okay, like here's a little presentation of what we think it's going to look like. Here's some of the benefits that we're looking for and what the end goals were, what our objectives were. And then through that period, that was kind of like our kickoff. And then we would have frequent meetings. In the meetings, I might do like a little demo if I had something specific to show. I would be sharing my screen a bunch. I mean, everyone's kind of virtual still right now. So just lots of screen sharing, sending out email updates, asking for feedback, running like what we would do user acceptance testing. So if we were, wanted them to run through a scenario, figure it out, if there were any glitches or bumps, then we could at least take that feedback and improve upon it later. You seem like a very well-organized person, Kyle. <laughs> well, there were some days where I was like, I... Yeah, it was a little tricky to keep it all straight, but you lots got of it. one note. That's amazing. I feel like I'm going to have to ask you for your Excel formulas after this show. You can build out my schedule if that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Next question. What advice would you give for anyone leading an implementation like this? If you're leading the implementation, delegate. Mm -hmm. Delegate what you can. There's a lot to do, but rely on your team members. Ask for help. And that'll get you through. How big is your team, if you don't mind me asking? Did you have a large team to work with? And that's why the delegation was extra important for something like this? So within our immediate team, there's four of us. Uh, we're what we call the strategic office. And then we have another office, which is our more like sourcing and contract management office. And there's about seven or eight people there. Overall, we're still a bit of a small team and we're always strapped for resources, but I guess I took the delegation piece as more of a way to get input and a viewpoint from other individuals. Obviously, I can't think of all the potential solutions or scenarios or problems that we might encounter. So just getting different viewpoints from other individuals really help round out the process, round out the project, and make sure that we get it through to the end. Right. So there's a big collaboration and teamwork piece to this then, right? It's like the cheesy thing to say is that it is a team effort and it wasn't just you doing it all. 
even though we'd love to take credit for things. But it's like, it wouldn't be fair. It's like, oh, yeah, your team yeah. has done a lot for this to happen. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it is always just a team effort. And I was the one leading the effort, but I can't take all the credit for the effort. So. Right. Okay. Well, that's a lot of surfboards to <laughs> give as awards for later, but you can have the the primary surfboard there, Kyle. I, I'm still I'm unsure why they give surfboards in the Teen Choice Awards. Anyways. <laughs> no idea. One day we'll find out. Is that an important question? Probably not, but I'd like to find out. Okay. So to close things out, if you were to give one piece of advice for people starting their career in public procurement, what would it be? Ask a lot of questions, Google a lot of things. There's a lot of other organizations that have done it before. So don't start from scratch unless you feel like you really need to. I know like with the other public institutes in Saskatchewan, we collaborate a lot. We try to work on projects together. We'll run competitive bids together just to even save on resources. Yeah, just collaborate a lot wherever you can. That's great. That's great advice too, because I think a lot of people think of a collaborating as just an internal thing. But it is true with public procurement. There's a lot of public agencies out there that do a lot of the same stuff. They approach it slightly different. But overall, they're all trying to procure a thing. They're just trying to figure out what the best process is. So was it the relationships that you had to collaborate with all these other organizations? Were they already existing relationships that you had? Or are you always trying to find new agencies to like collaborate with? Some are already pre-existing and some are through other colleagues where we realize that we're starting up new projects and they've done that kind of project two years ago. So there's always, always opportunities to form new relationships, new contacts and try to mitigate all the risks that we have to navigate at some point. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that today. Before we end the show, how do people get in contact with you? You can reach me on LinkedIn. I do have a profile on there. So it's just Kyle Jurgens. Or you can send me an email. I can be reached at kyle.jurgens at usap.ca. Amazing. Thanks again, Kyle, for joining me here today. You can find another episode of Inside Public Procurement next episode. Until then, thanks again, Kyle. Thanks. Procurement professionals like you are the lifeblood of public sector organizations, dedicated not only to supporting your agency, but the constituents you serve. That's why we've created the Inside Public Procurement podcast here at Bonfire a unique place where you can share stories and discuss the topics that matter to public procurement pros. From digitization and the future of public procurement to ensuring a fair and transparent process, we're all about finding new strategies to help your agency succeed. Join us at GoBonfire.com to learn more. You've been listening to Inside Public Procurement by Bonfire. If you like what you've heard, Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you have an idea for an episode or want to come on as a guest, email us at hello at gobonfire.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.